Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode. Hey, guess what? Before we get into it, you might have heard, I am drafted to the two Ramagpies as a part of the Carlton Draft. I'm going to be playing a game, dominating, kicking six, and then resetting at quarter time. For the first time in Carlton Draft history, one lucky Victorian women's community club will get the chance to draft the AFLW GOAT, Erin Phillips, to play as a wild card. How bloody good's that? If you want to enter this now to get her down to your football club, visit thecarltondraft.com.au. That's thecarltondraft.com. Eighteen plus. Drink responsibly. This week's episode on Dylan Friends, one of the biggest names and bodies in the league and the world. Max Gorn. Love this chat with this superstar. Gorny genuinely has an incredible story. From a carefree teenager to the determined captain of the Melbourne Footy Club. As soon as this bloke walked in the studio, we quickly realised why this guy is the captain. Everything you like about him is understated. We touch on it all, some tough, tough years at the D's, how the culture shifted for the club and the path they're on now, the art of being a ruckman, his love of cycling, aircraft, hospitality, and so much more. As I said, love this chat with this great man who is a star on and off the field. Can't thank him enough for coming in the studio. I hope you liked this episode as much as I did. And if you liked it, maybe even share it with a mate. And if you're feeling very generous, follow on Spotify and subscribe on iTunes. It means the world and helps the show out so much. Let's go. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Welcome to the Dylan Friends podcast. Many ways, I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. Tears. 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 Strength. I'm like, I run. She's like, yeah. everyone runs. I'm like, but does everyone go to the Man. Olympics? <laughs> They're sitting there meditating, going, oh my God, I think I'm meditating. How this is for meditating? It's like, <laughs> we had a Wu Tang call. I was like, yo, Dylan, thanks for getting us in. Just love it's it. knuckle puck time. Yeah. It's like, it's like <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Max Gorn, welcome to the Dylan Friends podcast, my friend. This is exciting. This is big. This is huge for the show. Thank you. Yeah, I've been um, I've been wanting to come in for a long time. Yeah, really? No, that's what I say every time I rock up to <laughs> a podcast. No, Tomo Tomo wears the t-shirt every single day. Yeah, and there's got to be a point where I'm going. Well, I've got to go on and see what it's see what I've, it's all about. I have heard that like not just from Tomo, but a lot of the times, you know, you're in the podcasting game. We are yeah. typically we are competitors. Yeah. Like you know, you, we are. You know, I do watch Gus and Gorney and listen yeah. avidly. Um, positive lingers. Positive lingers. It's, I it's still don't traction. know what that means, but we will get into that today. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what it means. Um, but I have heard you've been getting a bit angry when you see people rocking the merch. Is that is it a is that a, is that true? Your merch or yeah, my merch? Yeah, yeah, mine. Oh, you've got merch. No, no. Well, we got positive lingers key okay. cups. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, I just Tommy wears it every day. Yeah. So you just got to. Oh, he's got to branch out at some yeah, point. He does. Um, I think even his girlfriend wears it every second day as yeah. well. Like it's very doing friends friendly. Yeah, it is. It's we do love Adam and uh, and Cass. They are big supporters yeah. of the show. So shout out to them for listening. But um, mate, as I said, it's an honour to have in the studio. Um, been a massive fan of your work for a long time. We've never officially met, but I feel like I know you when um, you know, I've been watching you on TV. You're a friendly guy. Um. You sort of have that impression, like, I feel like we're friends already. Do, do, do you get that a lot? Or? Yeah, I, I mean, when we first started talking via Insta DMs, which is where most people meet. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it we were already like, hey, mate, how are you? Like, <laughs> yeah. What did, what did you do on the weekend? <laughs> it was very friendly early on. You know what was really funny, though? Like, I'm a person, um, obviously, that yeah. I try and be as accommodating as possible, but sometimes I think it goes against me in a way because like I was like just mate you name your time and yep. you were sort of like name your time as well I was like no no I'd just rather you we'll go tell me really. like when yep. you want it yep. so then it just got to a stage where you just said the time and we just locked it in then I've picked a time that downstairs is closed and yeah. it seems <laughs> yeah. like a bad time so I wish Look, you picked the time <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it wasn't the best time but I'm happy we're here and yep. I just wanted to make it as easy as possible for you 
Um, another thing, people always think we have similar eyes. Do you realize that both of us have massive gaps between our eyes? Yours aren't as big as mine. Yeah. I'm not sure if you're sensitive about that. So I'm I've just been careful. No, no, like, no, no. Wow. Yeah. I'm so happy that and people- And so have... does my wife. So, and she's pregnant. So I'm really worried about what's going to come out. Like, is, are the, are the Did eyes you get, going to be really I got bullied apart? in school like, for yeah. that. Like, they'd call me a fish and stuff. Like, because my eyes on the side of my head and, yeah. and whatnot. And really weirdly, and thank you for bringing this up. But with the eye thing, um, my sister just had a baby. Yes. And- Everyone kept coming up to me being like, oh my God, the baby looks so much like you. Oh, it's a Buckley thing. And I was like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's like the eyes. They're like <laughs> oh, no. out here. Um, my sister doesn't have it, but I do for some reason. So I was look- Sid early days at the club. Sid, yeah. yeah. Chipper Frawley. No, I get Sid, I get Sid as well. Yeah. Um, Jesus is all really coming back to me yeah yep. i've tried to block those things out see <laughs> see the sloth um yep. yeah sometimes people just send me messages on instagram just like of the photo yeah i've had them all. hey i'm so happy that we've yep. covered that yep. um that's something we've got in common something else we've got in common is i've just got into my golf yep. and um i'm loving it at the moment and i it's a late bloomer yeah i'm a real late bloomer mm. real late bloomer um and it's probably why i'm not very good but i've heard officially from many many people now um, as bad as I am, I still don't have the worst slice in Australia. Oh, you've heard that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> How's that managed to get here? Mate, it wasn't it wasn't like one person. Yeah, right. So they reckon as as your slice is as big as the gap in my eyes. Yeah, in my yeah. I've I've got a big I've got a big slice. I I, I play cover drives when I drive. Um I'm actually it's not as bad when I've got my irons. Yeah. But the one woods it's actually pretty good to watch. Do you, so as I said, I've just got into this, you are a member at Portsy, I play at Northcote. So it's a little yeah. bit of a discrepancy, Slight of course, difference. there um, in terms of hardness, I suppose. But I nearly line up on like a 45 degree angle. Yeah. Slicing as well or hooking? No, I still slice, but yeah. I aim like at the left fairway yeah. and still land it on the right fairway. I do something similar. I've got a little bit better at being able to control my slice, but on a par three, let's say a long par three, it's like 180. I'll aim fully out left and use my one wood and yeah. just bring it back. So I've hit a 250. <laughs> I know what you mean that, but yeah. you, if you learn to use it, it's actually It's a fair way finder. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. We should play golf. I'm in a bit of trouble on a tee block with a tree just to the left. Yeah. Because then I have to aim straight. You know, yeah. Those tee blocks well, where you just literally have to aim straight. Well, that's the thing with a lot of the courses I play at. They don't have much imagination of the design. They're quite standard golf There's courses. No there is trees, but they're all dog leaves to uh, the yeah. left. Yep. So it's like, this is just not working for me right now because <laughs> I need it to the right. I'd probably be off scratch, but instead I hit off, I think, 46, um, if that's possible. Last thing I want to talk yes. about with golf is you put up an Instagram today Yep. playing golf. Um, looked fantastic, and I'm sure you played really well. Your kit was impeccable. Impeccable? Good word. Yeah. My question with this is, I it's have a little bit of- Impeccable's good, yeah. Yes, yep. yes. I think so. It's impeccable. I have a, I have a thing with golf that I've gotten into now. I have a little bit of OCD um, in terms of the way things look. And I wanted to know from you, is it okay to mix your club sets and bags? So like your bag, drivers, yeah. irons, golf balls, and golf kit. So I have this thing where like, you're with Lululemon, you're a big dog up there now. You're yep. on every poster in Melbourne. I love waving to you every morning and getting that positive <laughs> lingers vibe. Yep. Did I use that in the right context? Uh, sure. Okay. You can use it in any context. That's okay. what's great about it. Okay. Yep. So you're you're doing this. You're looking fantastic. Talk me through your golf kit. Do you mix and match? Like, don't tell me you're wearing ASIC sh- shoes with you know different brand. Like, what? Well, Lulu don't do golf shoes. Okay. Um, I'm actually I've just worked out 
that I've pushed you back to Thursday night and I played golf today. So now you're starting to realize why I pushed you back to <laughs> night time. <laughs> I am working on that and that's fine. I, I to tried honest, to do it, it like I've got meetings and whatnot all day. Take but far, no, it takes far. I play golf. Uh, no, I've, so clubs is all is all my great friends at Callaway. Yeah, we uh, love Callaway. Beautiful people. Yeah, um, and I wore all Lulu kit today. Nice. Um, but normally I can change it up a little bit depending on what course I'm at. If yeah. I'm at, um, if I'm at like a nice, uh, I was at St Andrews Beach today, so that was like a nice, nice course. Wear some nice Lululemon gear. But then every now and then, just I've got a Miami Heat polo. Okay. Um, which I love. <laughs> yeah. And that's my favorite golf polo. It's pretty. It's not. Like, my, it's no, not I how just, you think. I don't have LeBron okay, on my just top. thinking like LeBron's dunking <laughs> yeah, on your no, shirt. Yeah. It's a pretty plain top with just the little logo okay. there. Um, and I actually, uh, funny enough, I played with Ben Simmons' old old man. He was in my group, friend of a friend. And I wore the Miami Heat polo that day. And I didn't think anything of it because I wear it to every time I play golf. And he goes, you do realize me wearing, you wearing that is like me wearing a card on top. Yeah. And I look at him and go, what's going on here? Oh, his son doesn't, because I'm not basketball. I'm like... Ben doesn't play for Miami and Ben apparently hates Miami Heat and I've worn a Miami Heat polo and he gave me nothing the whole day <laughs> and apparently everyone's saying he's the nicest guy ever ever and I, he, he plays off two and I play off 25 so he already hates me Yeah. and then I was wearing his son's worst liked polo That's and he pretty- well he thought it was me standing up to him going oh yeah yeah like a Ben's flexing thing man. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna wear the, the heat polo today it's, yeah no that you didn't put those thinking thought into it I, no that is weird from ben simmons dad but we do love ben simmons and so i'm not dad. sure if it got back to ben but i'm sorry i'm sure it did i think that's why he's not playing for australia this year <laughs> and you can single-handedly blame it on yourself um mate the reason i wanted to get you in and i did chat about this i suppose in the intro yeah just love you just love your vibe Love your energy. Yep. Love your hat. You're the Stone Island. You're quite swaggy guy. Traditionally, taller people um, aren't known to dresses. be yeah aren't known yeah. to be cool. So yeah. well done for that. You've and got I like- had bad bad mentors like Mark Jomar. Um, looks good in a suit, but casuals was jeans and runners. Yeah. Um, Jake Spencer again wasn't yeah. great. Um, so my tall mentors didn't help me out. Yeah. So I've got here literally trying to follow Nathan Jones. Yeah. He wears he wears black everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So you can see a little bit of a black thing. And Melbourne's uniform, like Melbourne, the city's uniform is black. Yes. Like everyone wears black. So um, yeah. And someone told me Stone Island's a cool hat. So I've got a Stone I Island. I think you're cutting yourself short. You're very. It's very tired. Quite well. You've done a good job. Um, also though, like you, the captain of Melbourne. You've got restaurants, you've got bars, um, you love cycling, you love cricket, you love planes. Yeah, I love planes. Like, you love so much cool shit. Yeah, I've got you, a plane tattoo. Why? Um, and I, I no interest in aviation. A tiny bit of interest in aviation. What's the plane It's the plane. Thing? I find planes so cool. Yeah, so, but like, so do I. Yeah, They're, I find myself sitting, there's a little spot at Tullamarine. Tullamarine's not the busiest of airports, but you get one every 10 minutes, so you just sit there for a bit. That's pretty cool. Um, Atlanta. Atlanta's the best trip I've done. So you love... So just breaking down the plane chat, because yeah. I'm fascinated by this, you like the look of a plane or you like being on a plane or you just like what they do? Like they I take like what they places. do. I like the idea of it. You know, people are fascinated by ships going, how can that ship float in that water? Oh, I am fascinated I'm by fascinated that. of how can that plane be up in the air? And then mm. to the fascination where I go, that's the Jetstar 42 come from Gold Coast, lands at 6 p.m. Do you have the app? I have the app. Flight, <laughs> flight radar is unbelievable. And I live down the coast now. And if I see it, if there's a plane going over my head, I'm like, well, that's a private plane because we're not on a flight path. So it's good to see the little private planes popping over. That's pretty, what's the app? Because I need to get this for anyone that needs this app. Do you know, is, you have to, like, is it a special app or no, can anyone flight, get it? Flight radar is a pretty basic app. Um, there's some pain apps that I'm not that interested yeah. in. <laughs> 
like, yeah. the, like the names of choppers going past. Choppers don't interest me as much. No, but, no flight flight radar twenty four maybe because hence might be twenty four hours. That's pretty. So cool. mate, you seen one of those still photos where they show all the planes in the sky at once? No. Yeah, it's one of those apps. Okay. So you can see. You can go check over Hong Kong if you want. Something that really does fascinate me, and I don't know why I'm talking about this now, but you know when you are, and this would happen a lot when I was living in Sydney, you'd see a helicopter, and you're like, what the fuck is that helicopter doing? You ever see a police helicopter? It's so fascinating. Yeah. The, uh, Where are they going? They always have that little blue and red flashing light. Mm. And I'm always thinking they're chasing someone. Do you think that when you see a police chopper? Yeah. Well, I'm assuming they are. I don't think they're doing it. And you're a little bit worried when it's around your house? A little bit. Yeah. The foil around the head um, after a big night sometimes. But anyway, we won't go there. Um, you love your cycling. You yeah. love your cricket. Talk me through the cycling journey, I suppose. Because I have a theory on this. Can I yeah. guess why you like cycling? Yes. Okay. So... Thank you. Um, I have a feeling you like cycling. Did you get into it through knee injuries? Uh, the actual uh, art of cycling I got into through knee injuries, yes. But yeah. the, me loving the sport was before that. So you liked But it- me loving the exercise happened through knees. Okay. Let's break that down then. So you liked the sport beforehand. What, I don't feel it's like a traditional thing that a lot of people love. And for me... No offense, I sort yeah. of despise it in a way. Yeah. Like I think it's the worst exercise ever. Like I hate it because whenever Thoughts I do on the sport, though, I don't get it. That's what I yeah, want to. Right. I want to know what you like about it because oh, good I, luck. Good luck getting it. It's very hard to that, understand. But I, I'm so I'm a late bloomer, as you know. Yeah. I just got into golf, yeah. so I reckon I can get into anything. Yeah, yeah, I can actually, embrace I'll, it. I'll give you that. But I, when I was playing footy and you know like bike sessions and being a smaller um, character. Mm. You you really don't have that talk behind you, yep. and it's so much harder doing a bike session. I used to do bike sessions with like big Robbie Warnock, Matt yep. Cruiser, who these guys were just long limbs. You know, they can just well, they can really cruise. cruise on a bike. Yeah, I've heard. I, um, I actually race him in Zwift. There you go. You know, know what Zwift is? Yes, it's like an online. Yeah, yeah. Can, It's like Xbox. You do that cyclists. for fun. Yeah, that's so strange. Yeah. Um, I used to do that and cry. I did that <laughs> at, at the Giants. But yeah, he's an unbelievable rider. Like apparently, some of the numbers that he was pushing out when we were there were like Tour de France type numbers for like a 10 second period that you know from Neil Craig uh, Charlie Walsh yes that Charlie Walsh guy yeah. the scariest guy I've ever met he made me buy a pair of cleats we and had, I've never used them again we had them for a year Charlie Walsh and Neil Craig that almost sent me off cycling as well to be fair yeah that was pretty grim yeah so well back to my thing I don't really like it it's, yeah. I've never had a good experience with it it hurt so why did you like it and then why did you get into it uh, our school did bike rides for fun. Like we did great, great Victorian bike ride. Probably never heard of it. It's a nine-day camp where schools go ride bikes for nine days, um, and we did that every year. Um, had TV in my room early, early days, and SBS nine thirty during this part. SBS is a great channel post nine thirty for a for a thirteen-year-old boy. Um, <laughs> but mainly tour the world yeah. movies got a little bit interesting yeah. around 11 <laughs> yeah. south park was always good as well when you weren't allowed but uh phil liggett again a commentator you wouldn't have heard of kind of like richie Bonneau of uh cricket um he just he was an unbelievable commentator got me hooked on cycling and since then um i've got to the point where i wake up at 5 a.m to watch the last two hours of the tour de france stage would you say it's a little bit like a f1 type operation is that wrong to say completely or am i somewhat there uh, in terms of like team strategy you know, you've got like from from my understanding you well, have a team yeah i'm saying a bit there but yeah, there's but, individuals within the team that yeah. are more selfish yeah there is a bit is there. that sort of what i'm i'm trying to yeah well the guy who wins the tour cadell evans for yeah. example you don't you don't know what team he rode for when he okay. rode the tour so it's do not you? about the team no, but do, do no you? i don't i no. do but do you no so that's 
but everyone knows when Ben Simmons wins, it's a bad example. Yeah, well, he just uh, got knocked out by name? Philadelphia. Yes, no, but like say Ricardo, for example, you yeah, know I, that he's. I, I with, actually wouldn't know what team he's. Well, with he's now. with he's McLaren with the now. Car. The orange he's, car. He's with McLaren, but yeah. he was with Red Bull. So it, maybe a little bit, but I think the teams in in F one are a little bit more bigger than what they are in cycling. There's some cool things in cycling. Like there's some teams that struggle with selfish v selfless, mm. and then there's some teams that absolutely dominate. And there's eight guys that bury themselves for Cadell Evans to be on the podium. Yeah. Um, no, it, it's I go watch a stage of the tour tonight. Actually, yeah. not tonight. The boring stage tonight. Tomorrow night. I wouldn't. You know what? I will because yeah. we're friends now, and yeah. I don't let friends down. I will do that with cycling. Um, I've got to bring this up. Something very cool. You're, you're good friends with Hamish Blake, which... he Well, through... Well, he's a Melbourne Football Club fan, which helped. Um, but he's a cyclist. He's a cyclist. Yeah. yeah. And apparently he's like a fucking gun. Unbelievable. So when we first rode together, he had an interest. And I was the athlete and he yeah. was... Because he used to be... Um, and he looked a bit more trim. Yeah. Early days. And so the first time we rode together, I actually was sort of on the tough parts of like we did a, a ride down in Tasmania with lots of climbs and on the tough climbs I was sort of dropping him and then two two years had been in the making of us riding together on a big day we do little rides but on a big day and he I didn't see him he was gone he was riding with the pros how good's that he's actually like dropped 20 kilos fit as anything he's so fit he's got an amazing rig I saw this campaign he did for like the Australia with uh, Zoe for his, you know his, what um, a gig that is that's the best gig we've ever seen in the world like, <laughs> they are literally sponsored by Australia like that is that just trumps any, any sponsorship sponsor at all. like you cannot beat being Australia's sponsor yeah and that's they just huge. travel the world uh, but, well yeah. not sorry the world would be the wrong answer there travel well, yeah the they country. did some they did some cool shit yeah. which was really cool um yeah, he is a very cool guy, and that's very cool that you guys are friends. It feels it's a good match. Yeah, he's um he's he's actually he's sent me a text after every game this year, and early on it was like great win, like Melbourne supporter stoked, great win, great goal because I kicked a few goals in my first few games. And he did. Next text, great win, great goal, just doubling down. Now it's like an essay <laughs> with like a bit of that Mike Goggins inspiration. Oh, quote I, in there, I like, don't know. Keep Mike going. Goggins. It's got yeah. to a new level. Yeah. I'm wondering when it's going to end. And he and in our losses as well, he he carried on and said. I don't want to just not text you on the wins. I text you on the wins and text you on the loss as well. <laughs> it's getting to a point where I can't wait for the for the for the final one. Yeah, <laughs> we have to go the whole year now. No, you we've, have to. We've we've both agreed that we have to go the whole, yeah. The whole year. Yeah, that's very exciting. I will, maybe I can start messaging you as well. That'd be cool. Let's go to the football journey. Yep. Um, incredible journey that I know of so far. I don't know a lot about the start of it, but pick thirty four. Yep. Two thousand and nine. Take me back to that stage because I think. There's two things that someone my age knows about footy. One is that Scott Penderbury used to play basketball and the other is Max Gorn used to smoke darts. Aren't they two great stories? Like, they are the t- they're the yeah. two stories that like and we're both, anyone just and, of a plane that and comes we're both and, captains. And we're both captains of <laughs> AFL clubs. Like if you could hear that story, both of them, any more times, shoot me. Yeah. But I actually don't know the origin of yours and if it's even true. It didn't get to you. No, 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 no. I didn't. I think I just zoned out. After I thought like, James McDonald took it to GWS. Uh, no, I was, I'd gone by that stage. Yeah, but um, I just thought most of the guys would have known that James McDonald, uh, there's a, there, there is a lot of tax. I've heard stories come back to me. Yeah, okay. And apparently I was having a cigar in a, lim- <laughs> in a limousine. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, look, I, I, I would love a party dart as a 17 year old. Yeah. I mean, I think most people did. Well, I thought most people did. Yeah. Um, apparently, people who wanted to be footballers didn't. But 
Um, and I, th- I think when I got, I got, got drafted, um, I was driving down. I think I drove my mates out the night before. Um, and as I was driving down to Casey, I looked in the back seat and there was a deck of darts there. And I just thought, why mm-hmm. not? Yeah. And I went up a dart and albeit Carl Cheney was on the Monash freeway as well. <laughs> who would have thought that there would have been a teammate who lived in the same area going to Casey at, <laughs> at 7 a.m. At the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Ballsy move doing it on the Monash. Um, and I didn't see him. So he saw me and I didn't see him, which would have been great because I would have had both windows down. Yeah. <laughs> obviously trying to circulate the air, the cigarette smell out of the car. Um, and he would have just been, I can only imagine what his look would have been. Just like, yeah. just staring at me going, yeah. what is that bike doing? <laughs> and then I've got to the club. I actually, I don't know. If, I don't think I would have tried to cover up the smell because once again, I would have thought nothing yeah. of it. Now when you smell someone who's had a smoke, you go, you've, you've had a smoke. And yeah. I'm just thinking, I would have reeked walking into the club that day. And then Leisure Group hit me up. Two or three days later, so everyone knew for like two or three days, and I was already a bit of like an introverted, which is funny because I'm an extrovert now, mm. but when you first get to clubs, you're a bit introverted and oh, shy. Yeah. Mm. And I was already like going in, not talking to anyone, going home, not texting anyone the night. Like I was a bit of a loner. Yeah. Try and picture me get, about to get in trouble from the leadership group and no one talking to me for three days until the leadership group spoke to me and me not knowing what's going on. That was a phenomenal three days. <laughs> so you just you're at the club, no yeah. one speaking well, to you. Well, just no one brought up the smoking yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. I was carrying on. I was in rehab because I was a I was a knee Rico, uh, drafted with a Rico, which makes it all better. Like drafted with a Rico, having a dart in the car, yeah. it's still here. Um, and yeah, I and I remember the leisure group. We had ten man leisure group. That's pretty it's like a it was lot a full like, semicircle like a quarter of the list. Full semicircle at Casey Fields, and we weren't sitting; we were standing. And there was space, like almost COVID, like one and a half metres apart. So it was quite daunting. Um, and one person would be speaking, like Brad Miller was speaking all the way over here. And at the same time, Brett Maloney was over, <laughs> over here and he'd come in. And then James McDonald, who wasn't the one you wanted to look at because he was the one that hated you the most. He was right in the middle and that was pretty daunting. I can imagine. That that sounds It got petrifying. me off the darts. Yeah, well, that, that's yeah. one way of getting off the darts. <laughs> it's funny though, like I suppose, and, and again, not throwing any of these guys under the bus here, but... I feel like a few of those guys, maybe in that leadership group, without knowing a lot of them, might not have had the authority to be telling you not to do anything <laughs> wrong. I needed the whack for the darts, yeah. and I completely. But I look back on that, and I get footy culture, and I'm glad that I got to get drafted in that part of mm. footy because now it's completely different. Like first years have more say than than, than anyone than captains now. So, um, but back then it was it was first year players. Yeah, you bide your time. You spoke when spoken to. That sort of setup and. I've got so many things I'd I'd would like to change from that era, but um, I was a different kid, and I was asked to be this stereotype drafted footballer that I was nowhere near being. Um, and yeah, that first year, I'm lucky I'm still here to be honest. Like probably the height would have helped a lot, mm. um, and I played good footy when I finally in the VFL. I played some good footy, but yeah, I would, I'd, I'd change a few things about how football clubs used to be back then. What let's. I suppose go go into that now a little bit. Like you look at Melbourne and the way you're going now versus back then. Like it's polar opposites really of a club. And without being like, I'm not. I'm trying not to be disrespectful. It's almost a compliment in a way. But you look at what Melbourne used to be like in terms of just the the reputation. I suppose of the AFL. You think fucking hell. Like how is how is this club doing this? You know, like yeah. what the fuck? And you can imagine how annoyed supporters would be. But then to flip that and do a 180 and now be where you are on top of the ladder, it's 
it's actually quite in, incredible. Like, there's still clubs that are, are still struggling to change their identity. Yeah. How, how does it happen? Like, it, it's such an incredible because, yeah, like it's 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 fascinating. Like, you know, I'm probably speaking for like I've been in a club like Carlton that's yeah. been on a similar trajectory. It probably hasn't didn't bottom out as much, I'd say, as Melbourne did, but hasn't. Maybe the bottoming out hasn't helped. It's yeah. sort of stagnated around a little bit longer. Well, we, I mean, we bottomed out for a long time. Um, 2006, Nathan Jones played finals. And I think the Neil Danaher sort of era at the end there was not too bad. Obviously, the 2000 granny, which is, we're speaking 21 years ago. Mm. It's crazy. And then, yeah, we had, obviously, uh, the tanking saga, um, which I was the year after. So, that tanked for me, which is, um, it was a good, that, that's obviously yeah. a nice <laughs> yeah. thing to have on the yeah. belt. Um, and then... Uh, the Mark Neal era, which which took the club to a, a really big low, um, and then Ruzi came in and um, sort of started the culture that we needed to do. Well, almost not at what not what Ruzi was intending to do. He was trying to bring this hardline approach, but he also Ruzi loves his family and loves to get away and loves his time off. And we were under Mark Neal, which was like a nine till five. You get paid nine till five. You'll be mm. here nine till five. We'll find stuff for you to do. And Rudy was like the opposite. He goes, no, I want to go home at one. So you guys can go home at one. Mm. And that in the end was exactly what we needed from where we were. And then slowly Goody comes and I mean, we've had some disappointing years with Goody. 2019 was pretty bad after making a prelim. Um, I'm, I've never been more sure that every team has talent. I mean, obviously we got some really good players in track and, and, and Clayton Oliver, but we had Jack Trengrove and Tom Scully, like yep. pick one and two, yep. that everyone would have taken one and two. And we had Watsy at one. Um, I'm just starting to think we got the right people um, in development and right culture. Like every, every team has talent. Yep. And you look, you look at some of like the clubs you've played for, GWS, who did get to prelims, but Gold Coast, they've had top 10 picks the whole way through. Um and Geelong haven't, and Geelong have been there the whole the whole time. So yeah, I've never been more sure that culture, and I feel like we've got it right at the moment. But the funny thing is, one incident can can almost bring a culture right back down. Hello, my beautiful friends and family. Guess what? I am back. I am back. Third time lucky. My third time drafted in my life. I'll be making a return to footy as a part of the Carlton Draft, along with some big household names. Not as big as my name, but uh, some quite big names. Isaac Smith, Trent Cotchin, Matty Lloyd, Lee Montagna. Some of the all-time greats of our game, as I've just mentioned. One lucky Victorian women's community club will get the chance to draft the AFLW GOAT, Aaron Phillips, to play as a wild card. How bloody good is that? If you're a part of women's community footy and you are keen to get Aaron down, enter now at thecarltondraft.com.au. That's thecarltondraft.com.au. 18 plus, drink responsibly. Mate, you've, you've nailed that. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think from my point of view, and I've been at a club that's on one end of the scale versus another end of the scale. And when I was at Carlton, it was the most professional place in the world. You you know, if you didn't weigh in at this time, it was, you know, you're fucked, this is this. And then he went to the Giants and, you know, some guys would be, we'd be out warming up and half the boys playing cricket inside yep. and they make it to the grand final. And I think it's like, for me, I get so annoyed when people say like, there's only one way to do it. I think, as you said perfectly, it was right for the group at the time. Yep. But in saying that, I suppose there's had to be some bigger turning points is anything sort of stand out to you that has been like oh, okay fuck we're on to something now like maybe it was the year that you sort of went backwards a bit with Goodwin that had to then go forward well there's there's certainly the Neil to Ruse yeah and then more recently there's literally been 
like since Goody's come in, we've been trying to change what we want to do and what we want to be and who we want to be seen as. And that takes a while. Like it's not just, a, it looks like it's been a click of the fingers yeah. because we've just turned it on this year. But we feel like it's been something that's been building, building, building. And then we had a couple of meetings at the end of last year. We had a disappointing end of the hub. We lost two games in Cairns that we didn't want to lose. And then we started really well this year. We we went and we actually had a whole group play golf. And then we sat in the club rooms for, for two or three hours and nutted out what we wanted to be as a football club this year. And since then, it's it, it, it's really gone forwards. It helps winning. Like a culture, trying to change a culture. We're trying to change a culture. It certainly helps winning. Is it the culture change that's making us mm. win? Or is it the winning that's helping the culture? We'll never know. Um, I suppose we might know if we do lose a couple in a row and then we can work out who we really are. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say a little bit over the off-season this year, but then mostly goody coming in. Mm. I like it. I think you're so right with the like winning versus culture, culture versus winning. I have a theory. I think football in general is momentum. Yep. And both of those two, culture and um, winning, play a massive role in that. Yeah. It's all about momentum. It's all about capitalizing at the right time. And I think that that's the biggest thing. Like, as you've, you've mentioned, there's a lot of clubs that are going really, really well. But if things don't go the way they do, they fall off quite quickly. And that's probably why you see clubs like Geelong and Hawthorne, uh, not not at an extent at the moment with the list they've had, but Geelong, um, West Coast to, to an extent, but predominantly Geelong, be that uh, sustained success over a long period of time. And I think that's probably what is holding Melbourne in good stead now. It's It took so long. There wasn't like a jump and then a downfall. It's it's really been like a gradual growing process yep. from it. Well, we, I mean, I agree with you. We're, we're sort of the imposters in the top eight at the moment because the rest have been there. Um, Port and Brisbane are on a rise as well. They've been there for a couple of years. But you look at Richmond, Geelong, um, Sydney, West Coast, these clubs have been there for ages. Mm. Um, and then you look at the clubs that we've been surrounded by like Essendon, Carlton, North Melbourne, St Kilda. Us five clubs have been sort of trying to fight in to get there for ages and it just seems like winning winning is a habit. Something's got to change to get to that habit. So we think we were able to get there. But then again, we've got to, we've got to continue this on. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Because it, I'm, I'm presuming from sport that I've watched, when you do lose that momentum in any sport, it, it becomes quite hard to get it back. Definitely. Um, really interesting point that I actually had down here because, um, you know, I, I played with Tom Scully at the at the Giants. I actually wouldn't loosely say player, trained with him at the Giants. So he's <laughs> incredible, incredible player and just an incredible bloke. But, I'd, lo- I'd, I'd loosely say trained. I didn't get anywhere near him at training. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I, we were in the same locker room at a few times <laughs> yeah. over the over the two-year period and it was awesome. Yep. He was a good, really nice guy. We started the same running test. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. Apparently he finished, but I didn't too. <laughs> yeah, we were a part of the same workforce. Okay, yeah. we went to a Christmas party together once. But he, again, is one of my sort of most admired guys I've seen, the way he goes about it. Um, and lesser like lesser alike of, of him, but guys like as you said, Jack Trengrove, Luke Tapscott. Um, remember a guy that you know I really loved watching playing growing up, and he was in a, a competition in me, Gisbert's. Um, all these guys you're talking about before. You just named my whole draft. Yeah your, yeah, your draft. You're the last one left, and you did touch on it. But you, missed, you missed one, Jack Fitzpatrick. As well. Jack Fitzpatrick. Oh, she won't be happy oh. with that. <laughs> yeah, it must have been a bit of beef with the two ruckmen yeah. in that one draft as He's well. He's in the podcast game as well, isn't he? Somewhere. Oh yeah, um, yes, him around. yes, somewhere. I don't scroll down that because like, I normally just go to the top to sort of one, two, three. <laughs> so yeah, I normally just stay around the top. You know, I, don't really have to, I don't normally have to travel down too far. Yeah, so you, you just rotate between you and Harry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
but I, yeah, suppose the point I'm getting to is like with that, you did touch on it, but how crazy is that? You see that at, at clubs now. Like, what do you think is the 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 problem with like high end talent versus nurturing them properly? Um, because I think every young player that gets drafted, and I know I thought this when I was getting drafted, like, oh, I'd love to go to a bottom team. I'll play straight away. Yep. But then you see guys that get drafted and they go to these teams like Geelong and stuff. It might take them a year to get in, but once they're in, they go better. Yeah. I've never been more sure uh, for the for a young person to become the best person they can be is part of the leadership role. Hmm. Um, so my role is to uh, Jake Bowie has come in this year is to make him feel as comfortable and turn him into the best person he can be whether that whether he can play football from there that becomes Choco's role and Goody's role and development coach's role but I see my role is just creating such a safe place for him to be able to be his best and then go play the best footy he can so going back on Trengrove and Scully something was where was James McDonald, who I think was one of my best captains I've had, and I've had mm. a few captains. Um, was it James McDonald, the leadership group, not creating the safest space or culture from maybe David Neitz's era? Um, or was it the development coaches that we had wrong? Or was the player just not good enough? Yeah. So there's three different sort of elements there. Um, but yeah, I I think what we're getting right, Jace Taylor's done a wonderful job. Last four drafts we've nailed um, at the moment. It's pretty easy to be a good player in your first three or four years. They've got to keep that going. Well, actually, it's not pretty easy to be a good player in your first three or four years. But I can attest to that. It's definitely yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be hard to maintain that is what I'm saying. So Jace Taylor's done his role now. It's over to, to me to make them feel as comfortable as possible and keep driving high standards and um, letting people be different and, and all that jazz. And then it's up to Choco, development coach. I'm not sure. Did you have Choco at all at Giants? No, I Just didn't. Just missed him? Yep. Um, and then obviously Goody and some of the other coaches to be able to develop them to be the best footballer. It's massive, man, because you knowing that, and I think you would only know that from knowing what you've been through. Yeah. Um, and I know that as well for, from a similar culture, but I think you've, from my point of view and what you just said there is when you've got players that feel comfortable and they're happy at a club, they're going to help the younger players. Yeah. But when you've got senior players that aren't happy or they don't even know themselves, why would they help younger players to develop through? Yeah. And that's what I feel like Melbourne have got now and what you've just stated because from every single person we've spoken to, every single um, friend of yours or anyone at Melbourne Footy Club, the one thing that has just been the direct correlation to you is the fact that of your emotional intelligence and your connection to players. Um, and that trumps your ability to play footy, to be the best ruckman, to be you know whatever it is off field, but that's your biggest talent is emotional yep. intelligence connecting with players. Do you think that that is learnt from previous experiences, and, and why do you think it's so important? I suppose in developing these guys. Hundred percent. Like I, I mean, I'd, I'd love to be captain. I didn't put myself up to. Um, I didn't demand the like. I demanded the spot in my actions. I didn't demand the spot in my hand and say I want to be captain. But I, I, I love the role, and I see it um, slightly differently to some because I've once again drafted with Rico, um, and then had another one during my career played 50 VFL games, have been at the end of every contract wondering if I was going to get a new one, have been times where I got a contract quite early and I was quite comfortable, have been playing good AFL football. Um, like I've been dropped 13 times or something, like, mm. which is a lot for someone that's still on a list. Um, so I've been I've been there um, and I can sympathise with... Sympathise? Sympathise, yeah. You've got my disease at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's just making up words. With where everyone's at. 
in on 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 the list. Um, so someone who's in a long term injury like Tomo, hmm. I know what he's going through. A little bit different. I was young and he's a mature player, so it might be a bit harder for a twenty seven year old going through a knee reco, but. Um, and then the guys who are emergency week after week after week, which is the toughest role in football when you're non-stop emergency. I, I, I do know how to handle that, com- that conversation. Um, and obviously previous experience. I, like I'm, my mind was a sponge when I was young and I'm trying to fit into this stereotype of being a footballer that I, that I, sh- that I definitely wasn't. Like James, uh, Brad Green wore cargo pants one day to training. Next day, I've got cargo pants. Like I'm straight out, <laughs> I'm straight out getting cargo pants. <laughs> like Brett Maloney one day came in and said, "Cool hat, man. I wore that hat for the rest of the year." Yeah. <laughs> like genuine sponge. Like I'm taking anything these guys are giving, and then I realised my role now to an 18 year old coming in. If I like, if I said to 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 Jake Bowie. He's young, red-headed uh, kid. If I called him a ranger first up, mm. like what he's going to get from that compared to me saying like nice right foot there at training or something mm. like that, just something easy like that. It's amazing how much eighteen-year-olds just are a sponge. They want to learn. They want to learn everything, not just footy. They want to learn how to live like a footballer and how to be a Melbourne footballer. Yeah. Oh, mate, that hits me. I burned. Yeah. I burned the cargo pants. I like cargo, cargo pants. Were called. When were you drafted? Uh, 2011. You might have just got a bit of cargo pants. No, I, I missed them, but I'm actually back on them. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm actually back into them now. Yeah. I try and get them early. I try and pick the trend and get on it early so I can say I did that first. Like the whole club was wearing cargo pants. I, I couldn't got, believe yeah, it. I got cargo shorts from um, Target the other day. Target. Yeah. I yeah. came in wearing skinny jeans, which are also not a thing anymore. No, no, I wear the fat boys. Fat, yeah, but fat I jeans. came in wearing skinny jeans, which I thought were a thing in oh, 2010. So and they go, what are you doing wearing them? Yeah, you went real cargos on, mate. Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, one thing, um, again, I, I feel like I've stalked you because I, I, I'm assuming here, um, and don't assume because it makes an ass out of you and me, but I'm, I am yep. assuming this from our conversation we've had and the way you lead and something I'm trying to work on is I saw this really cool, um, I'm going to say concept about leadership a while ago and I'm not good at this because I just want to talk all the time. And you know, as a leader, like sometimes listening is the best thing to do. Yep. And it was saying something like, be the last person to speak in the room. Because by the time you've let everyone else speak, your opinion's probably going to change by the end of it. Yeah. And I thought, you know, Viv Mitchie, who's a good friend of yours and a good friend of mine, he said, like, Gorney is, is, is so calculated. Like, he always sort of waits for people to do it. Then you make your decision at the end. And I just want to know, is that something you actually try and do? Because for me, it's so hard not to just fuck... Because I just want to, like, talk all the time. Yeah. But by the time I've spoken and then someone else gives their point, I'm like, fuck, I, I've changed my mind now. I probably should have said that. I don't like speaking first. That's uh, that is something. Might be a little bit of nerves as well. Like, there's everyone still gets them. So, and I and I do like speaking at some point, but I like to take my time and have a feel of the room. Um, deep, deep, deep down, I self doubt, which I think most people do, and I self doubt about am I doing the right message. Um, and on field is the hardest part of that because on field you're under extreme pressure. So that's something I've always had to fight through. And now as a leader, I'm trying to always upskill in my, in my doubt and upskill knowing the game plan to an absolute T, knowing my teammates to an absolute T, um, to be able to convey the right message, but not doubt the right message because people can sense doubt straight away, especially mm. under high pressure at the G. Um, so the, like the on-field stuff, I'm certainly still working on and, and I still 100% would say Jack Viney is, uh, he plays like a leader. Yeah. Um, and and he really leads by example. I've I've I played different role. Ruck. There's only one ruck, and no one's ever played it, 
which is always unique. The other 42 players, apart from the backup <laughs> ruck, have not played ruck, where yeah. most players have played every other position. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's such a unique role, and we also like it's at sometimes it's like a seventeen man defence, and then the ruck. Like I'm sometimes you're in your own game. Yeah, you, it's just ruck v ruck sometimes. Yeah, yeah. so it's it, it, it's a nice little thing to try and get into everywhere else, but they can't understand what you're doing at times. So a ruck captain's quite unique. There's a few of us now: Jared Whitson, Ben McAvoy. Um, we got a little crew going. Um, <laughs> me and Witsy, tallest coin toss e- uh, ever, two hundred eight centimeters both oh he's 209 i think yeah um so yeah it's it's quite a unique position ruck and i love it um but yeah my on-field stuff is still still went a bit to go like i'm I, i'm i'm not where vines is on that but vines is also leads by example but then he he can sometimes be so focused on the ball that sometimes he forgets about the structure or something like that so we're we're, we're a good balance it's awesome is there a ruck code is that that what you're just saying then like i feel like there's this ruck code with with like a few guys do you really like respect each other do you critique each other's games you get around each other like every other position on the field you know you back versus forward it's quite niggly or aggressive but i feel like ruckman sometimes you sort of look after each other a bit it's just unique like there's literally (laughs) you'd say full forward and full back yeah are the only other position where it's like you're just together all day and you're judged on the other guy's performance yeah where the other 16 people just run around chasing the Nari. <laughs> and like Clayton Oliver gets given best on ground if he has 37 and three, but Merritt could have 50. Yeah, yeah. But Clayton Oliver still gets best on ground. If yeah. my opponent had 50 touches, I'd be at Casey. Like yeah. it's just, <laughs> the ruck roll is so delicate it's flawed. in that it is part. Flawed, like yeah. you really basically, if you haven't watched the game, like I, I, I are you going to watch Gold Coast Richmond tonight? I would definitely replay that and code it. I'll probably watch it from the third angle, actually. We'll both go yeah. on the AFL app and check the stats after and see what's done. And yeah. we'll look at the ruck battle. Chol v uh, Gold Coast don't have a ruck at the moment. He's not wits. Zach, let's say Zach Smith Zach was Smith, playing. Yep. And we'll look. Zach Smith had less touches than Chol. Chol had more hit outs. Chol won the battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And that's that's yeah. that's the ruck battle mm. for some reason. It's a majority mm. of people. Obviously, it's a little bit more technical to coaches and, and rucks, but... <laughs> That's why it's unique. Um, and you play on each other pretty much the whole day. I've got Luke Jackson now, which helps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've got I've got Mummy this week. I'm presuming teams the teams out. I'm I'm, I'm presuming he's playing. Yeah. Um, and it's like the tenth time I've played him. Like, how many people get to say they've gone one on one with someone ten times? I feel they only definitely only bring Mummy in for like when they need to try and intimidate someone. So I can categorically guarantee you playing this week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and like I've 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 played Brody Grundy six or seven times, and he's pants me, then I've pants him, then we've had a stalemate, and like it's just I find it unique. But there yeah. is there is some good characters in there, but there's too many guys that are doing that are too athletic now. Like yeah. it's who who's who's some guys that you just don't want to ruck against if you you know you don't have to give up your secrets now. But well, these young there? these young guys are looking good. Yeah, like like I played Sam Draper on the weekend. Um, he sets the tone, and we and we had a we had a good battle. But watching him against Hawthorne, I'm like, I was actually going into this game, going, I've got a ten gamer, and I'm I'm a bit worried. I don't think I might have to play on him. Like tag, tag, tag him. Obviously, it's been set by Brody's done some amazing things in the rough game. Like he's follow up and goal kicking and inside fifties, mm. and like he's added these stats to our stat sheet, which we never had. Um, Nick Nat just dominates centre bounce, like. Not people just think it's the ruck work, but it's yeah. he's I think he's fifth for clearances. Like mm. he that part of the ground he makes it his own. And people go, Oh, but he might not take many marks. But 
my number one goal is center clearance. My third goal is marking. So he's winning like the ruck number one goal. Um, and then there's like guys like Tom Hickey, um, Scott Scott Lysett, Riley O'Brien. Like it's just everyone's quite unique. They've got different strengths. Um, I've gone on way too much about rucks. No, we, we like the ruck chat and we will never uh, not appreciate it because a lot of us don't get to play ruck. Not that I'd want to, but I appreciate it. Everyone position. always says, like, Sean Berg on 400 games, played every spot on the ground, butt ruck. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great line, isn't it? Um, with the midfielders, I suppose, coming through, who is the modern day Mark Jamar and Brent Baloney? Is what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> the modern day Mark Jamar. That was that was one of the best bromances of Ruck and Ruck Rover was, of all time. It was internal as well. Yeah. They were best friends. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they did everything together. Wasn't that funny though? Didn't they have the same car? Yeah. And like, it's like matching number plates and, and they stuff? were bachelors till late. They uh, yeah. both were bachelor all the way till twenty eight, maybe. Yeah. So they 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 they, they lived a life. And yeah. back then, when I think they lived both on chapel. Yeah. Um, Brett Maloney, I remember. I lived with him in my first week. Um, it was the old draftee you live with an older player. Brett Maloney had a bachelor pad in Pran, <laughs> and we went out in his Range Rover and he'd park in no parking on Chapel. I'm like, this guy's the boss. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is footy. <laughs> so I parked in no parking and we took me car, got towed. But, um, <laughs> modern day Mark Jomo, Brett Maloney. Oh, look, I, I love Clayton. Yeah. Clayton's strength is first possession yeah. and, and, and clearance. Um, track's getting better at that. Track's an unbelievable game breaker. And Vines is the guy we go to when we when we need it, need it when, yeah. when we need the clearance, and then Harmsy. So we got a good little four in there. Is he who's the one that like gets to you first and just like start? I know what midfielders are like, and if you tell me that there's always a plan when you go in there, you're lying. Sometimes yeah. it's just literally there he is. I'll put it to him. Who's like the bloke that's just the, the pig? He's real hungry. Well, Clayton and I are quite unique because we're usually last of the stoppage together. Okay, um, so. Track and Jack get there first, and me They're and Clayton, me and for some reason, always seem to be going over together. So we've got a plan before they even get there. Yeah, like, yeah. sorry, yeah. Chris, yeah. <laughs> we work this out in the back fifty. Like, um, center bounce depends what how we feel. We each feel like we got strengths. So yeah. if we feel like we're beating the team by me hitting it forward, that's Clayton. Yep. We feel like wrap around. I'm probably hey, can you not? Too much. I think you're just giving away. Just... Well, Clayton can get to any part of yeah, the circle, okay. but. Um, I like to think I use all four quite evenly. Yeah, unlike Mark. I remember J-Mar missed a game one day and I rucked. And Brett Maloney had some interesting choice of words if I didn't put <laughs> put it on the minute. Yeah. So we call it by t- the 12-hour clock. Yeah. So 12, 1, 2, yeah. 4. Brett Maloney's like 4.03 and put it there. Yeah. I'm going to work my man in at 3.58 and I'm going to hit 4.03. And if you hit it to 4.15, I won't get the ball. So that's, that's how good Mark Jamar was. Yeah, he, he put was, the ball literally it. on a five-cent piece. He has probably the best highlights reel of centre clearance goals you've yeah. ever seen. And it's still a good song too. I think he posted it himself, but I'm going to get on that and, and check it out. the good thing is Jamar got all shown that year and Maloney didn't. Oh. Shows the selectors were looking at the ruck. Good, good. Um, being a dominant midfielder in the comp, I'll say it, there's games where mid, you know, teams that are rocking against you nine times out of ten, they're probably actually just trying to rock to your hits. Who's one of the? Who do you hate? Not you know their personality, but who do you hate yeah. playing against as a midfielder that just tries to shark your hits that will probably read your game, try and read it the best. Your boy's good at it, Cripper. Yeah, Cripper's very good at it. Um, he's such a strong body. Mm. Um, the the noise that comes around when we're playing Cripper, like Clayton goes, track, you take him. No, nah, no, nah, track, track will be like, Jack, Jack, you take him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it ends up we need all three of them yeah. on, on, on him. But 
Yeah, he's he's very good, especially like a boundary throw-in. Because a boundary throw-in, you're pretty much playing in your V. Um, so he knows where it's going, mm. unless you start getting a bit over the top and putting them behind you. But he knows where it's going. He's so big. Um, your nickname's Crip, obviously, for Cripper, but they call him Drip as well because mm. he's so sweaty. Yeah, and right. Do you know what? Like, you know, Joel Selwood obviously wears the uh, oil, yeah. the liniment. Liniment? We can't speak tonight. I don't know what it is. But the, he has uh, his own liniment <laughs> on himself, which is perspiration. And he's so, like, sweaty, yeah. which actually makes it a lot harder. Yeah, so drip is his nickname. Were you an oil man? No. There's only no. three players I, in the comp that do it. I, yeah. would, I, I wish I had the, the guts to do it. Buddy, Hawk, and Selwood. Or yeah. Danger? I think, um, yeah, Hawk and Sal would do it. Uh, danger sometimes, I think. But he definitely does it. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's a big flex. I really do like that. I've, I don't think I've ever slipped off a tackle. I think that's, that's what they say they do yeah. it for is I'm hard to tackle because yeah. if you grab my army, I slip off. I don't think that's happened. You know yet. what? I, I don't know if this happens a lot or just to me, but um, on the rare occasion when I did tackle someone, I'd always like cop a face full of um, the sticky stuff. Uh, don't don't tackle Clayton. Oh mate, it just always just come, and I'd be like, "Fucking yeah. hell!" Like, what have you got this shit in my eyes? Yeah. Like everywhere. I've got a real. Uh, can I say brain fuck? Yes. Yeah, I've got a real brain fuck at the moment about Grippo. Grippo, that's a word. Because sometimes I wear it and I don't mark, and then sometimes I don't wear it and I mark, and then if I've had a couple of weeks where I've had some bad marking games, I'm loading in the Grippo, yeah. and it works the other way and then I take the grippo off and I've all of a sudden had the best marking day yeah. ever. So if I you, know exactly if, what you're gonna say. If you're watching yeah. Melbourne Jervis this week and you're watching I doubt you're watching the three minutes beforehand when we're in our huddle <laughs> yeah. and when the trainer comes up with a grippo, it's a genuine puzzling moment for yeah. me. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, am grab? I taking it or am I not taking it? Because some people grab so much and they go, I'll grab it later. Never work because it falls yeah. off. But what I would do, and I would say don't do this because it didn't work for me, was I'd grab a little bit, rub it on, then rub it on the back of my shorts. Yeah. So you sort of, you put it on, but then you take it off. Yeah. But you don't want too much because I think that's when you get yourself into trouble. Like when your fingers are sticking together, you're like, oh, I'm in a bit of trouble here. Like this isn't going to work. What I find works is I'll put a tiny bit on and then go in the center bounce and rub play it. with the mud. Yeah. Um, Tom McDonald wears the, there's a new brand that's really, really hard. Almost like could stick poster on the wall type yeah. setup. Yeah. And he, at training, had a set shot and it stayed in his hand and he hooked it. <laughs> he hooked it. Like, so he's got an actual issue with when it comes to goal kicking. Yeah. He's got that much grippo on. And he makes the ball real grippo. So if you're in his oh, lane- Oh, it's so annoying. Game day, if you're in his pre-game lane for yeah. kicking, the ball was sticking. <laughs> yeah. That's how much of impact he's had on the ball. But center bounce wicket. I'll just rub my hand in there, get a bit of mud on it. Like it. Um, one thing about you- uh, Again, I assume a lot, but I, I feel like everyone sees Maxwell and they say, oh, this guy's so happy-go-lucky, jovial guy, um, captain, nice guy, um, you know, gun footballer. But I think everyone would be kidding himself if they thought that there wasn't something that's calculated behind that in terms of on-field performance, um, mindset, you know, the way you go into a game, the way you prepare, the way there's a self-belief or there's either something you do that makes you who you are. Would I be right in saying that there's something that, that separates you from the rest? Because I, I don't think you get to where you are just doing laughing around and, and doing what yeah. you do. Uh, my wife would say yes. She thinks I'm incredibly anal Monday to Friday um, in terms of like I know exactly what I'm doing at different times. I have to get to the beach almost every day. And if I'm getting home at seven, I'm in the beach at night. And she finds that very weird. Um, but that's something during the week. But I've... When I was in and out, getting dropped 13 times in a row, yep. 
Neil Craig sat me down one time and told me and Watsy to leave the change room because we're too jovial in the change room. We're starting to affect other players. So we had to go in our own room at Marvel Stadium and throw a ball to each other. Phenomenal times. Now, like, now you walk into a change room and it's the most jovial place ever. Like the serious guy, Vines, has to go into his own room. I, I got told, and look, I'm not comparing myself. I got told once that I had to stop laughing and smiling yeah. at training once. I got sat in the leadership It's group. the old school coach, that yeah. boomer coach. Yeah. Um, Choco, Choco doesn't mind it, which is good. Um, and then so I thought, all right, I'm getting dropped a bit. They reckon I'm jovial. Before West Coast one week, we're over at Subi. I said, all right, I'm going to be on for the whole first, the whole two hours of prep, which is too long for prep. But if I ever get to coaching, I'll try and cut it down. <laughs> I was on. I was, I would have had 400 balls against the wall, catching them all. Boxing. High five in boxing. Oh, that's a waste. I got everybody up. I was flying. I'd played my game. I literally <laughs> went out there and I was, it's the worst game, worst game AFL play I've still played today. Actually, no, I got subbed off with zero once. Oh no, one. Um, but that was, that. this one was bad. And, from there I said no I'm I'm going to be the person I want to be and the person that I feel comfortable being and that'll make me perform the best and um, I'm pretty much jovial right up until the final warm up um, and then I'm and then I'm on um, when I say jovial I'm laid back I'm not making jokes I'm not distracting anyone else um, I run for my own thing but I'm very particular Monday to Friday mm. um, I my my schoolmates would always say like I would miss 21st, 30ths, I'd miss them if it's on a Friday and my game's on a Sunday. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, yeah. nah, I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in my mode. Yeah, like that. Yeah, I probably didn't miss enough of them, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. But, I'm I'm, just, but then yeah. I, can, I can let my hair down like the best of them. Yeah. Um, as you probably <laughs> think with the social data at 17, I did not lose <laughs> all of my party ability. Yeah, I lost yeah, the darts, yeah. but not, the, not, not my sense of a beer. Um, but yeah, like... I'm way into game mode already for GWS. Would have ticked off a lot of things that I want to do during the week. Mm. Um, and then it actually gets better the closer to the game. That's cool. Because even, you know, for again, just looking at the way I think um, we've been taught um, early days in AFL, it's like, if you don't do this and you're not serious, you're not going to play well. For a captain of an AFL club to do a podcast midweek before a massive game, I just don't think a lot of players would do that. Like a lot of players would be like, no, I've got to zero in. But, you can still you have this incredible balance of like being able to have fun but then switch on when you need to I've got my line me and Scott Penderbury were asked to basketball and dart man he's come up a bit we were asked to do a jump in the ice bath um, for freeze MND 20 minutes before the game Mm. I said I've got got my limits like I'm I'm all for it I love Neil Danner I love MND but you want me to go out and perform? Yeah, I'm not going to jump in an ice bath 20 minutes before the game. No. And then I said, "Oh, how about we go to um, what's this? What's the baths down in Sydney called? Uh, a bar Bondi Icebergs. Bondi Icebergs. Yeah. Early in the morning. Um, it's in there going, they, they just Lucky Pendles is like very. He's pretty ruthless. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to do it. I like so that. So then we sent Howie and Jack Varney who were injured, which yeah. is good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the, I've got my I've got my yeah limits. Um, I like to be in my own space a lot, which is going to be interesting because Jess is pregnant. Don't Congratulations! Know, don't know how we're going to run with that. Yeah. Well, obviously, I know how we're going to run with that. Yeah, you will. I yeah. assume how you know. How you, yeah. Yeah. But the whole like when I get home from training after captain's run, it's known as Max Arvo. Yeah. Like if something interrupted that Arvo, like Jess would hear about it. Yeah. And Max Arvo's not much. It's no. sitting on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> With a fire on. But now, kid in there, you start thinking, I don't think Max Arvo's a thing. No. 
No, unless your son, if you have a son, his name's Max. And yeah, then, then we can join him. Yeah, join together. him together. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Maybe we'll do another pot after that. Yeah. Um, I know you've got many thoughts on, on big things, but I just want to get a little bit of chat about AFL as a bigger picture because from what you said before, I assuming you you like the international games and you model things um, off them. You see how they've grown, like, for example, the NBA and all these types of things. What do you think the AFL is doing at the moment that we can improve on? Like, I've, I've probably pictured this a lot more since I've been outside of footy, but... To still think that some of our top players are getting paid what the same as what a um, our CEO is 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 pretty crazy. Um, I spoke to Nick Stone, who um, is actually a podcast next week that's coming out, and he's this incredible mind. I don't know if you've heard Nick Stone before, but he started Bluestone Lane oh, yep. um, in, New York, in New York and played with Hawthorne and, and Collingwood, and unbelievable guy. The way he did it just changed my whole mind on this, and I was like, I can't fucking believe we're still in this yep. model. I know it's hard to comment on that you're a captain, but. It is a different league. I think that's what makes it quite unique as well. Um, I understand the money side of things. Like we we generally are a small country, and TV mm. ratings aren't that high. And I get that. And sponsors are not going to pay what sponsors are paying in NBA. I just thought was was Motorola on top of one of the. I didn't realize Motorola was still a brand. I used to NBA, love the V three. NBA had a Motorola brand. Yeah. Um, so I I understand all, all all that, but I I think we could grow the game with representative games a lot more. Um, I think players are pretty keen to play representative games. I'd love that. I think especially with like all these border restrictions, I've never been more keen to put the blue V on. Hundred percent. I'm gonna get picked first, but like I'd I'd be I'd be that keen to play for Victoria. I feel like real, like yeah. I've, anyone bagging Victoria? Nah, Victoria's done it well. Well, we haven't, but um, <laughs> like I'm 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 pro Victoria. Like come come at me, South Australia. You haven't let us in, and you're making Geelong do these. And you send awful, us into another lockdown as well. Yeah, Geelong are doing these awful restrictions to go play a game of football. And um, who was the other team? Collingwood. Like, nah, South Australia v Big V, let's bring it on. Yeah, that's such a good point. Because, you know, I, I don't know if this is public knowledge, like, knowledge for everyone, but I only found out that, you know, the state of origin, obviously, with the with rugby league, yeah. they copied that off us. We gave it up. And now it's like one of the biggest sporting events in Australia. The best, like, the easiest thing for them is it's Queensland v New South Wales. Mm. We would genuinely have, like, WA v and, and South Australia uproar. are going to be pissed off by this, but WA and Vic have the best teams at the moment. Yeah. Um, Judging by uh, uh, Tom Brown, who put something out pre yep. State of Origin Rugby League, like you look at those teams. Mm. Um, not that I follow Tom Brown on Twitter. <laughs> um, to be fair, I, I actually did, I did a cull of all AFL on Twitter. Yeah, it got it got too much. Yeah, it does. Yeah, did tw- it in Manly last year. We had a hub in Manly for two weeks, and that was another thing. I I, I said to the group, I said let's let's live and breathe Sydney for a bit. I told I tried to get everyone to get off their apps, and most people did. Tomo still reckons he has always AFL apps deleted it's not true um, yeah that's well, I highly doubt that he's hot on the press um, and I so I culled all everyone I love Twitter because it gives me cycling news and there's no mainstream cycling news mm. it's not on uh, who's your mate from Channel 10 he, Nick Butler yeah he doesn't report on I'll get him to do that for you on the sport for me I'll so get him to do that I'll have to go on Twitter but culling all the AFL media on Twitter was one of the best things I, I ever did and living and breathing manly like we're in manly how nice is manly I could walk the streets and no one knew anything about yeah. football and when we were in Manly, it was the biggest surf, biggest swell of the last decade. We were there for it. Sydney and Manly and, and, and Manly in general, like, like they are the most, some of the most beautiful coastline in, in yeah. Australia. Um, I don't know where I was before that. Tor- State of Origin. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even know where we went with that. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be, and even like, I don't know how you can get the Australian ex- 
like the, the whole field playing for Australia. Yeah. I think you'd have to have four teams. You'd yeah. have to have WA, South Australia, Victoria, and then like a dream team. Yeah, that. but would... I'm just trying to think. Would Stephen May from Darwin love playing with Jeremy Howe from Tassie? But I think they would find... What's that saying? The niches are in the... The riches. The riches Which way you put are it? in the niches. Is that is that the saying? Yeah. But it's meant to be niches. It's like a play on words. It's funny. Yeah. Laugh. And uh, anyway, the, the riches are in the niches with the riches are in the niches. So maybe the niche of being in a small dream time, dream team team yeah. of having those guys together. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what you said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying all those guys. Are you agreeing all, with me or disagreeing? I'm, I'm agreeing with you. No, I'm I saying, think you're disagreeing with I'm me. I'm disagreeing with you because yeah. I'm saying three big teams and yeah. then you've got one of just all guys the coming together. The allies. The allies. Yeah. That was a team. Okay. I could have helped you out real yeah, early you then. could have just saved me from that and we're not cutting that out either. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. I like it. Yeah. Let's channel But that. I'm just like, how do we grow the game? We need to play more games. Well, does Tassie have a team? Should Tassie have a team next year? Yeah, because we need to play more games. But what do you do though? This is what I don't understand. Is if you put Tassie's new team, there's 19 teams. So does one team have to relocate or do you make two new teams or do you have- I'd say bring in more teams. But that's me with very- Little knowledge of- Little what, knowledge yeah. of what bringing in a team costs. And yeah. I'd love to see Tassie have a team. Yeah. We have to somehow gain the full country support. We can't have two states not know who we are. Definitely. You're a businessman. I like it. Hey, side hustles. Um, I wouldn't call them side hustles because you've got heaps. To, to finish up, mate, I just want to go through a, a lot of your stuff that you got because I'm heading to uh, your wine bars now. You've got one. You're going to have another one. Talk us through this. How did you actually start this? Why are you passionate about hospitality? Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, East End Wine Bar in Camberwell uh, is my first little baby. Um I love hospitality. My mum's crazy hospital. She's been in it for years. What's little, she got? She's got a little cafe in the country now. She moved, did a little city to country change as soon as I sea turned eight, eight, 18. They said, get out and go find some What's friends. What's the and, cafe called? Uh, Olive at Lock in a place called Lock. Where's uh, Lock? On the way to Inverloch. There's way too many locks there. Makes sense. Uh, in that one thuggy Inverloch, Carnabarra yep. area. Um, so she's got that but beforehand she had cafes in Sandringham and she funny enough she was the school canteen lady when I was growing up oh that's awesome um, it was mate lunch order How every was day a lunch but order man did I you used to like, ride it on the brown bag yeah but oh, Monday wow. to Thursday I was lunch order but a sandwich and then Friday I got lunch order and it was a pie or a hot dog yeah or, that's huge um, I used to love lunch orders where was I uh, oh, your yeah, so <laughs> yeah. I wanted to be in hospital I originally fought cafe Everyone thinks cafe there's that many cafes in Melbourne I'm sure everyone who wants to be in hospital their first, their first thought is cafe yep. and most people seem to be going with it yeah. um, <laughs> and then I I, I I thought that's way out of my depth that's way too hands on for me um, you need to cut cost in wages as much as possible so the owner's got to work and it didn't seem like something I was really passionate about and then the two guys um, that I've met through literally going to their cafe and we we're talking things all, 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 all the time. And one day I said, you boys want to do another cafe? And they said, nah, uh, yeah, yeah, we want to do another cafe. And then one day we all agreed and we said, over a wine, at a wine bar, we said, why are we doing a cafe? It's still a wine bar. We all love wine um, and we all love hospital. Let's combine the two. And we felt like the wine bar we were at was like a cool, like two sellers. I think most people- Yes, I've heard of that. Have heard of it or been there or- and we're like, yeah, let's do something similar. Um, and then, yeah, we put our minds together. We created something and it's it's gone really well um, to a point where we're going to open our second, bit more of a restaurant-y feel, this one. Um, a bit more, have you been to Marion on Gertrude Street? 
It's I not, have. It's That's like, near my hood. It's I'm like my North favorite Sider. place in the yeah. world. Yeah, I'm a North Sider. Um, similar to that approach. Yeah. Very cool. So more food. Um, Are you going to bring that? Like, because I know it's in Q. Is it in Q? Yeah. Well, yeah. Could you call it? It's right on the corner of Q and Hawthorne. Okay, Q and Hawthorne. So. Are you going to bring that north side feel or are you going to leave that in the north side? I'm going to... Uh, it's you're a great le- question. You're going to leave it there, aren't you? Well, we've gone <laughs> over and over and over plans. Yeah. We've actually just got our liquor license, so it's really exciting. We can start building. Um, it's quite an interesting part of Glenferry Road, like Rococo's there. Like Rococo's like this. Okay, so you're it's, just you're just uh, at the like... For the, yeah. Like maybe a K from the train station. Yeah. Yeah. So like Rococo's an institution of Glenferry Road, but it's like it was built in 1960 or something. Mm. Like it's... Mm. It's like, how new do you go into that area? Because that area is so happy with what they've got. Um, so it's going to be an interesting little delicate approach. A hospitality, you know pretty early if you've nailed it or not. Yeah. Um, Can so, I come to the launch? Yeah, come to the launch. We'll when do a launch. Uh, it's all around the same time as me having a kid. Wow. Um, and I told Jess this. So I'm like, well, we decided to do the wine bar first. <laughs> The kid came as a bit of a later thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. in the end, priority. Yeah. The wine bar. The takes. wine bar. The launch happens the same day. Yeah, as, yeah, yeah. Uh, And also Derby Day is in and around that time as well. Oh, wow. Okay. We're going to have a big- Which is a great day, yeah. Derby Day. If I'm two legs up on the quaddy, I don't- Like, what do I do? Do I go yeah. to the berth or- You go to the wine bar, then just go back to the quaddy. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that's big. That's huge. Um, so that's, that's all really exciting. That's what I want to do have another, Is it the same name or you- uh, Same boys, but we'll yeah. go a different name. Yeah. Um, we, can we share it yet or you haven't got it yet? Uh, we have uh, yeah, we're still we're okay. in between two with the with with the name. We can share the spot. It's going to be that top of Glenferry Road. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's and that's something I want to do post footy. Like I, I'm in love with hospitality. I love what it brings. I, I hate what it's had to go through over the last yeah. eighteen months, which I've been in. Um, lucky enough, we were able to handle it well. Our landlord was really good and came to the party, so we were able to get through this period but i know lots of businesses that haven't so it's pretty ballsy to start something in this uh unforeseen future of Mm. what we're going to have is covid normal going to be something that's going to hit hospitality for 10 years it probably is um so we're going to be on limited capacity and stuff like that so it's a pretty ballsy call but um it's passion and it's what i'm passionate about and um yeah hopefully i don't have to go out and actually get a real job i can just do hospital the whole time although that's harsh on hospital people because that is a real job people do work pretty yes, hard at yes, yes they do. in fact they work the hardest in my humble opinion um mate what's next for max gorn you have got a million things on um i'm assuming there's going to be some on-field success there what do you want to do what what is your plans with the from here on out it's a, i like this question because people always say and it's a very podcast feel, and I'm sure you do it a lot. People would say there's more to life than footy. What is it? But in the end, I've dedicated pretty much my whole life to winning the flag. There's not much more to life than footy right now. Like, yeah, I'm still, once I finish footy, I'll go run my wine bars, um, be a, the best husband I can be, be the best son I can be, hopefully be the best dad I can be at some point. Like, I will do that, and that is a big passion of mine. Footy's pretty high on the agenda at the moment. Like, I've been in a bad team for 10 years. And we got a chance to do something pretty special this year. Like that's pretty high on the agenda at the moment. Um, that'll be my first phone call. If I had like five phone calls all coming at once, I'd screen the wine bar, screen my mum, screen Jess, and I'd pick <laughs> and I'd pick up Goody. Like right now, that's yeah. that's that's pretty hot at the moment. Um, but what's next? Like apart from obviously trying to win a flag, um, I've got a family. Like that's pretty exciting. Um, 
I'm trying to get as many questions as I can into people around. I'm asking Tom, Tom McDonald's wife, Ruby McDonald, is literally the best mum in the world. She's got yeah. two kids. She comes to the footy with a four, four-day-year-old the other day, just like dominating life. I've asked if I can pay her 50 bucks a day to have an AirPod in my ear just to run me through what happens. What, yeah. if I, like if I'm in trouble in a situation and I need help, she's going to give me the best advice. Yeah. Like not Google. Like she is the Google yeah. of mothering. So yeah. I reckon she'd be able to run me. Someone told me 11 diapers a day the other day, which is crazy. Mm. Um, well, like, what, what's the point of feeding them 11 times if they're not keeping it in? <laughs> Another yeah. one I heard, you, you know that the hungriest when they first come out? When they're... When they're first born, they're hungry. They need to be fed straight away. Crying. But I'm confused because aren't they feeding the whole time in there? Maybe because they cut the uh, umbilical cord. Yeah. No more food. So they've got to be fed straight away. I have heard that though. I'm going. To, I'm real interested in my role. Apparently, look, uh, women's bodies yeah. are like the most incredible thing in the world in terms of just being able to somehow support I keep a, young, saying that. a young kid, like a young yeah. baby. Like, you know, I've my... Um, sister-in-law's got two kids my sister just had a baby and from all reports from their partners and everyone around you just go how the fuck can a person do this yeah, when like, Jess, it's, it's actually astonishing when Jess has a bad day in pregnancy which happens especially early on in the first trimester I try and calm her down which doesn't work apparently it works the other way but I say your body's a wonderful thing I wish I could have a baby like you you are so lucky that you can go through this it doesn't help no, <laughs> no I have I'll keep that but in mind. But it is a wonderful thing yeah. that like, like the whole It's process, pretty crazy when you think about I it. I feel like I'll be a bit of a bystander on the day. I feel like I'll stand just in the back corner mm. and go Jess. Um, <laughs> but who knows? Like, I, I, I could get a bit of adrenaline and get yeah. hands, hands, hands on. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, good luck with <laughs> Thank that. Thank you. Mate, um, Max, it's been um, unbelievable to be honest. Um, I'm hoping we are friends. We, yeah, we're friends. Am okay. I in the... So, Dylan friends. So, I, am I a, I'm a friend? A, yes. Friend of the show. That's exciting. So, friend, only friend of the show. No, no, no. Friend, we're outside. We've already chatted. We're going to catch up and do some things and yep. golf. Have we? We will. Okay. We're going to chat about let's, that. Yeah, let's... Golf. We'll get Tomo. We'll, go, we'll have mutual friends galore. Tomo, Dom Tyson. Yeah. Sam Frost. Get a bit of Sam Frost Yes, again. yes. Frosty. Pat, Pat McKenna. Um, I... You met Pat Pat I actually met Pat McKenna at the uh, AFL outduction camp, which is where you go, <laughs> which is actually where you go when you Did my mate Jack Fitzpatrick do a speech there? He Was did. that the year you yeah. finished? Yeah, no, well, I've been to two, actually. I've been to two <laughs> outduction camps. So I've seen, met them both, both yeah. times. Um, Recommend I'm actually them? the first player to go to two. Recommend them? Right. I, I've got three. You're allowed to go to three? Yeah. As soon as COVID finishes, I am going back again, 100%. It is like, it's like a footy trip yeah. mixed with like, it's like a, this is your life of your AFL career. You just meet guys that just can yeah. bitch and moan about the same things. And it's just so relatable. It's like, yeah. it's nearly like therapy, leaving and just, you know, transitioning outside of the AFL. Together. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those ones that you you hope when people say what are you going to do, you hope you've got something because you don't want to be that guy. Well, hope, hope for people that leave there, we all have no idea what we're doing. But um, yeah, it's good. I think to be honest, a lot of the people that go to those camps, they're the ones that are good and they're like transitioning out. But the so, ones that really need to go don't go, which is yeah. actually unfortunate. But the AFLPA, as you know, do incredible things, and we love um, the support of, of all the AFL players that they give. That they have been unbelievable for me, and, and I know a lot of other guys. I don't mind plugging them here, there, but the, I love the AFLPA. Thanks to our good friends at the AFLPA <laughs> yeah, yeah. keeping this going. Um, mate, thank you so much for coming in. Um, I know I... Hey, it's been a pretty good show, hey? Yeah. I really enjoyed it. A couple you, of nods. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, it's talking about me. 
and it tends to be a topic I'm pretty good at. Yeah. Um, Would you maybe I'm putting you on the spot here, but we're going to do some more things with uh, Dylan Friends in my new studio. Yeah. You should come in. Well, I'm on. You're on the record. I'm on the record. Yeah, you're on the record. I'm on the record right now. I'm not so, going to say nah, mate. That's I'm, what I mean. I'm going to go back to my own. And you're on camera as well. Yeah. So I just worked out vodcast as a thing. Yeah, it is. I didn't realize vodcast. Yeah, we got some apps on YouTube. I didn't realize people watched podcasts. They do. You'll see it. They're watching yeah. you. Stone Island hat. That's why I wore it. That's why I wore it. Um. So yeah, I just didn't get you on the record saying that you were keen to come in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, mate. I'm, I am here. I am ready. Cool. Do I get one of these Tomo t-shirts at you some get the, point? You get everything. You've got the two new hoodies, actually. Hoodies? Um, and you've it's got cold. the Slava Bloke in a Bar. You've got everything there. And um, whatever Will it look you want, good yours. with the Lulu jacket? So I've got to get... No, you do look fantastic. I'm contracted to say Lululemon every fourth word. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> i have to make sure yeah, I say it. Yeah. <laughs> It'll look fantastic. Um, but no, mate, best of luck for the rest of the year. Um, I'm so excited for the days. In all honesty, it, now that I've left footy, actually you know you have that up and comer like at the moment i'm really getting on you like the dogs you know like people getting on the dogs yep. but then you're going to win the flag and then yep. i'll probably start hating you again yeah you know that happens like I everyone I, loves teams for yeah. a bit and then when you get good i'm gonna not really like i think i wore a dog's jumper in 16 for the yeah. county <laughs> 17 i definitely wore a richmond jumper i think i was on swan street yeah i think i was there at 2am <laughs> in 2017 like you get really hyped up and yeah. really involved and then like 2020 i'm like geez get me out of gold coast and keep them there yeah. like oh, i don't want to yeah. be anywhere near them um, so you want that enviedness, but I, I think was a Richmond supporter as well, which was crazy. Like, imagine if I didn't get drafted, I would have been able to see a four, like four flags, three flags, three. three. Like Richmond supporter was like nothing was happening. Huge. Yeah, knife, 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 knife. Richo's the king. Richo's the king. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they win three flags in my prime. I would have been twenty seven, like on Swan Street, just partying. Why did I get drafted? <laughs> <laughs> You've nailed this. You're, I don't think anyone's done it better. Well done. Thank you. Incredible. Best luck for this year. Good luck with life. You don't need it, but we're friends. See you in the studio soon. Good man. If that wasn't enough for you and you want even more, you're in luck. Dylan Friends is now on Patreon. Dylan Best Friends. An exclusive loyalty subscription featuring the debrief podcast of each episode and bonus Q&As from Patreon members like this. Do you have like a favourite quote that you like to use? Um, it can be funny, it can be real, it can be anything. Jim Stein's left me with whatever it takes, which is pretty like broad, but I've got the power of Jim saying it. Like I've, I've got, I can feel Jim saying it when he says it to me. So pretty much all of my leadership is based on what Jim told me in the 18 months I got to know him. Um, and whatever it takes was one thing, which is pretty cool. And I get to wear his number, and every time I look at his number, I see whatever it takes, him saying it, I'm like, fuck, footy's easy. And there's plenty more where that came from. If you'd like to learn more, you can head to patreon.com forward slash Dylan Friends, or you can head to the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends podcast. If you like the show, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, leave a review, or even share with your friends. The show is produced by myself and Sam Bonza. Damon Jackman from Creative Edge Films is responsible for audio and visual production. The show is recorded at the Dylan Friends Studio in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to get in touch or suggest a guest or advertise with the Dylan Friends podcast, please email us at inquiries at dylanfriends.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.